CPAC 2020, the event of the year for conservatives. The Gail Trotter Show, right in D.C., was there interviewing all the right kind of people. And now, your host, Gail Trotter. Hi, I'm Gail Trotter, host of Right in D.C. We're grabbing great people to talk to at CPAC 2020. Next to me is Brandon Straka, who came to fame. Tell us about your viral video. Sure. So in uh, May of 2018, I put out a six-minute video detailing all the reasons why I was walking away from liberalism and the Democratic Party after a lifelong allegiance uh, to liberal ideology, basically, and the Democrat Party. And uh, I walked away because Donald Trump got elected. I voted for Hillary. I was horrified. You voted for Hillary? I did. And you changed your mind? Yes. Wow. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I changed my mind big time. I mean, it wasn't like a night and day change, believe me. Um, Spoiler alert, I now love Trump and I can't wait to vote for him in 2020. I mean, that's a huge change in a very short period of time. It is. No, it it turned my world upside down entirely. And it was a very tumultuous, chaotic year for me because it it was because of his election that I was able to see very clearly that the media that I had trusted for so long my entire life, you know, really creates a very false narrative around just about every, you know, the, the news that we get is really more spin, it's really more propaganda than anything else. Propaganda. Yeah, but, th- what, but it was his election that brought that to light. I never would have had that epiphany if Hillary had been elected or honestly probably any other Republican. It really took Donald Trump, I think. And so once I saw very clearly the ways in which we're being lied to and manipulated, I ended up walking away um, and creating kind of a movement encouraging other people to do the same thing. So you think Donald Donald Trump was a unique catalyst for this epiphany that you had? Yes, on so many levels. I mean, first of all, there's the level that he's the one calling it out and saying, look, this is what's going on. No other president before him on either side, but really on the conservative side, was saying, you're fake news, you're fake news, you're a liar, you're, you know. And it's like, after you hear that enough, he's like, why does he keep saying that, you know, that he's actually pushing back? But also, the media never reacted to anyone else the way that they reacted to this guy. I mean, they went completely unhinged and completely insane. And when I started to see that, I mean, it was such a night and day shift from Obama, the way they reported the news when Obama was there. And now suddenly, like, they're running around with their hair on fire going crazy. And I'm looking around going, what is the big deal here? Because I'm walking outside of my house and I'm not seeing all of this racism and sexism and homophobia and, and, you know, hatred. Anti-Semitism, too. All of this stuff. But yet when I turn on the news, they're telling me every single night that, you know, he's unleashed, you know, the fires of hell and, you know, this white supremacist movement. I'm not seeing it. So when I started kind of researching and understanding the ways in which they're completely controlling our, you know, and manipulating, especially if you're a minority, it really enraged me. And so, yes, to answer your question. If it had been a Mitt Romney, if it had been a, uh, you know, any other kind of typical conservative, I think, you know, Jeb Bush. They wouldn't have reacted, they would not have reacted the way that they reacted to Donald Trump. And I don't think that my eyes and so many other people's eyes would have been opened. They really did it to themselves in many ways, I think, through their reaction to his election. Well, he was told by so many consultants, so many uh, conservative leaders, Republican leaders, to stop talking, to stop calling out the media, that he was threatening the freedom of the press. And yet, when you contrast that, you raised Mitt Romney during one of the presidential debates against Barack Obama. He appealed to Candy Crowley, the moderator, the CNN moderator, and asked her to intervene and do like a fact check on Obama. And she took President Obama's side. She did. Well, yeah, I mean, that's pretty typical. I mean, the, we, we heard the stories about Hillary Clinton being fed the questions in advance. I mean, the, 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 um, the, the deck is always stacked, I think, in the favor 
of the Democrat side, of the left-leaning side. We we get no favors on the conservative end, and I think that largely that's because uh, we have. You know, I'm a conservative now. I am a Trump supporter. Now. I'm a registered Republican now, and I think that we have the better ideas. I think we have the better policy solutions. And I think that the left knows that. I think that their failings are that they don't have good, strong ideas. They don't have, you know, fresh and unique perspectives that actually work and actually make sense. So they have to cheat. They cheat a lot and they cheat with the media. They cheat with the propaganda. They cheat in voter fraud. They, I mean, there's so many ways in which they or feeding questions to candidates, things like this. Yeah. And they talk about how President Trump violates the norms all the time and he's doing this wrong and he's doing that wrong. And I can't tell you how many people I've heard who are liberals who are saying, why can't we go back to the time when we only had three channels? We had three sources of news and those people were fair. Yeah. And I feel like every time they discuss that, they mean fair, meaning they just give their point of view. Yeah, well, and that is actually a really, I think, fair and valid point is that now we live in this 24-hour cable news cycle. The news has been thoroughly commoditized. I mean, it's, 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 a, it's a competition. Who can break the most salacious, outrageous story first? Who can get their eyes on their channel? And so there's very little, I think, um, uh, there's very little emphasis at this point on accuracy and truth and you know fact checking and making sure we're pr providing reliable information that's the way it used to be you know when I w even when I was growing up with the three networks there of course you know there's always competition but it wasn't this desire to throw out clickbait headlines and get everybody looking here and, and stir complete outrage I think and you know they're really they're feeding off the emotions I think of people way more than the news ever used to do and it's basically about you know how can we create outrage how can we create uh, you know a, a, a frenzy or a panic or you know just anger people and then once they've got you once they control the way you feel they can control the way you think and ultimately, then they can control the way that you vote, which is really, I think, what it's all about. And do you see the mainstream media doing this not just to President Trump and the Republicans, but also trying to influence who is the Democratic presidential candidate for 2020? Yeah, I think that they do that. I think they absolutely have their their choices. And I think that they they start kind of, you know, pu putting all the attention into, you know, the candidate that they feel like they want to. So, yeah, I mean, it's 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 a. Uh, I don't want to use the word propaganda again, but it's uh, it's a machinery, you know, that's in place. And I think that it's it's very uh, they're like pundits in a way. They're political pundits. That's I guess the best way to put it. Uh, once they make a decision about who they want to see in office, then you know I think people get less airtime. They start getting unfavorable coverage, and then the ones that they they want to see succeed get a pass on just about anything and everything. You know, they'll actually create stories, you know, to, to kind of support and or to uh, whitewash you know certain activities within i i'm kind of in the middle of reading andrew breitbart's breitbart's book right now and this excellent idea yeah and it's unfortunately i'm so busy traveling all the time that i get very little time to actually do research the way i used to be able to do which i love doing and so the I perils of success i know <laughs> well yeah but i i try to find little moments to yeah even if it's like popping an audiobook and so I'm learning a lot right now about how the media helped cover up, cover up for Bill Clinton, uh, you know, yeah. back during his impeachment and completely, I mean, really, truly uh, created almost like a, a strategy plan of how to spin the story to protect him. Right. And it's, it's kind of outrageous, you know, the lengths to which they will go if they want to see somebody protected to avoid and evade telling the news. I mean, Epstein, you know, we see this time and time again. If they don't want you to know certain things, they just won't tell it. Meanwhile, they're out, you know, 
digging through the dirt and uh, digging through Trump's trash can, trying to find anything that they can put out, you know, to, to spin it in a, neg a negative context. Yes, and I think we covered that a little bit last week when Chris Murphy met with the foreign minister of Iran in a secret meeting in Germany that he didn't want to expose to anybody. And I typed those words into CNN's search bar. They have no article about it. They had no article. And I said, the mainstream media, if, if they cover it at all, it's going to be positive for any of these stories, for the people that they like. And they're very much in favor of the Iran nuclear deal, pushing that. And so I think this kind of plays into what you're saying as well. Have you found that to be true? Absolutely found it to be true. And it doesn't just pertain to the people running for office. It doesn't just pertain to the people at the top. It's even the ways in which they portray Trump supporters, citizens, everyday citizens like us. I heard a story yesterday from somebody who somehow I missed. Well, not somehow because the media doesn't cover it. That's how. But somebody was telling me that she is connected with a Republican organization in Florida. They had a, a Trump table, you know, out there trying to register. We covered this. We had an episode on this. The booth. Yes. So, so uh, a guy drove a car into the booth, tried to kill a bunch of people, basically. Elderly people yeah. trying to register people to vote. And the media had nothing to say about it. Meanwhile, uh, you know, some nutbag uh, in Charlottesville drives this car, you know, and that's all they like. Oh, this is typical. You know, Trump unleashed this and this is what Trump supporters do. And, you know, but this guy legitimately was trying to run in over and kill some elderly people who support the president. The media is radio silent. Right. I, I spoke on a panel about that and people always bring up that Charlottesville thing related to President Trump mm -hmm. and they criticize what he said about it. And I said, you know, I brought with me the transcript of what President Trump said and the way you all report it, it is false. It is fake. It is fake news. It, it is. is defamation, essentially. I mean, you can't really defame the president, and but it's care. fake. They don't care. No, you know, when I was actually still a liberal. Um, and I saw all the other liberals saying, uh, you know, President Trump supports white supremacy. President Trump is a white supremacist. And uh, and then people would say, well, why doesn't he denounce that? Why doesn't he denounce the KKK? Why doesn't he denounce white supremacists? And I was kind of on that train saying that, too. And then after I started to switch sides and I was doing my research, and stuff, I saw, like there are video compilations that are like 15 minutes long of him saying, I denounce the KKK. I denounce the KKK. And I'm like. He's denounced them like 5,000 times, but they don't show it. No. Right, and wh where do they have this endless repetition of the Democrats' affiliation? With, I mean, Hillary Clinton with Robert Byrd, who was in the KKK. I mean, you don't see the relentless criticism no. brought up in every unrelated topic. No, not at all. And, you know, and even on a, a smaller scale, they, uh, you know, you look at something like the Jussie Smollett case, the ways in which they tried to cover up for this guy who very clearly uh, set up this crime, tried designed to, you know, malign Trump supporters, designed to say, oh, hate crimes are such a great threat for people in this country if they're gay or if they're black or whatever. And the ways in which not only did, you know, again, the system kind of cover up to help get him off the hook, but now that he's being actually brought up against new charges, there are a lot of people, there, there's a daytime talk show called, I think, uh, The Real, in which these five ladies are sitting around and they're saying, well, even if he did uh, fake the hate crime, it, it, it's still uh, admirable in a certain way because he's drawing attention to this very real threat in this country to marginalize minorities. Like, what are you talking about?
Right. It reminds me of when a, a mainstream reporter after the Bill Clinton episode, all that stuff came out. She said, as long as he's pro-choice, then yeah. I don't care. I mean, that's essentially what she said. Right. And so it just shows you that it's not that they've lost all journalistic ethics if they ever did. And now Trump has been the catalyst to reveal what has been going on the whole time. Absolutely. And it, that's it's so infuriating what you're talking about, that that hypocrisy right there that who cares if he did this, who cares if he did that because he supports this or that issue that I support and that's all I care about. These are the same people who light themselves on fire and scream bloody murder going insane talking about, uh, you know, well, but Trump's been married three times and, you know, Trump, like, oh, so now all of a sudden you care about, you know, the sanctity of marriage and you care about, you know, shut up. What are you talking about? Well, I'm so excited to have spoken with you. I know you're in high demand. So where can people find you if they want to learn more about you online? So please go to walkawaycampaign.com. If you would like to find out more about our movement and find out more about our mission, uh, we are literally traveling coast to coast, getting in, talking with minority communities, talking with college kids, talking with anybody who's basically kind of collectively voting Democrat within these sort of identity groups because the Democrats have done an incredible job at marketing themselves to black people, brown people, LGBT people, college age students. So we're getting into all of those communities with our walkaway events and we're providing an alternative point of view, which is, look, we used to be Democrats too. We used to be liberal to let us tell you now all the reasons why we have found that we're being lied to, that we're being manipulated, and why we think that there's a better way and there's a better message, and that is to leave the Democratic Party. So if you believe in that mission, support us. Go to walkawaycampaign.com, find out how you can volunteer, donate to our grassroots organization, and watch our amazing testimonials, people telling their stories of why they're leaving the left. It will make your day. Thank you so much for your time. Thanks Enjoy the rest me. of CPAC. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to The Gail Trotter Show right in D.C. Be sure to sign up for her mailing list on her website, gailtrotter.com. And also follow her on Twitter, at Gail Trotter, as well as on Facebook and Instagram. Subscribe now, it's easy. And listen to her show on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and other podcast platforms. Thanks for listening. Share the truth. Share The Gail Trotter Show. You can't handle the truth.